It reminds me a little bit of in the Bible where the Israelites kept saying like, we want a king, we want a king. And God kept going like, no, yeah. you, you, <laughs> you really, really don't, really right. don't want a king. Yeah. And oh, when yeah. they got one, it didn't work out really well for a while. Yeah. Um, I think that we have this deep desire. And I think this is just a human thing to want a person to kind of like look to so badly. And, and one I, that makes us look cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if they're in Yeezys and really cool streetwear, then yeah. that's just a bonus. <laughs> a bonus. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, the show where we get real about everything from current events to culture and to faith. And I think all of these are coming into this beautiful intersection <laughs> on this episode. Finally. It's I'm true. so ready Been for waiting it. waiting five seasons <laughs> for all of those uh, to rear their head in one episode. All at once. This is the one. It's so nice. This is Isaac. I'm joined by Anson on the microphone. I thought you were going to like say an instrument there for a second. Like, <laughs> I know it's like Anson on, on the microphone. They always have to do that at a show, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, where they like yeah. introduce the band. Anson on Anson's voice. Kara's on Kara's voice. Hey. <laughs> Today we're talking about the thing that I think has been dominating both the Christian and the non-Christian world. I hate the word secular. <laughs> the hey, like you said, culture and faith. Yeah, culture like and faith. Together. There you go. The Kanye West album, Jesus is King, plus the Kanye West conversion, are we going to say, to Christianity? Yeah. And how that's been received both in and outside of the Christian world. But yeah. first, we're going to dive into the real life boss level. Let's do this thing. life boss level on our prep doc i just have most of 2019 on there (laughs) (laughs) kind of a catch-all it's it's a little bit more dramatic than i intended to be makes my heart hurt um no honestly like what's been going on bud (laughs) (laughs) this is a safe place it's not as bad as it seems but this year alone i have moved I have started picking up extra work, handyman stuff to help out with a family business. Mm. And then I'm also taking this class that I've talked about on the podcast before. And then I've also tried to get into a new hobby of cycling. And if I could put like the chapter title on this year, it's the year Isaac isn't comfortable in anything like (laughs) because it's just been outside of what I'm used to and like Mm. the things that I'm quote unquote good at. Yeah. And it's been fun yeah but there's always this thing where people are like yeah i'm I'm operating outside of my comfort zone and you can tell they're still kind of good at it and it's like "Mm -hmm." all right are you really though but like (laughs) i feel like i've tried to swim across the potomac going all right no practice i'm gonna do this i know how to swim i know how to swim i don't know how to swim as far as i'm trying to swim right now Uh, does that make sense like yeah everything is kind of hitting me and i think that i have this thing where i prioritize everything all at the same level oh i know right and lately i've had to go okay hard stop figure out what has to get done and then we'll address everything from that point on yes but this is the year isaac isn't comfortable in anything Well, good news is the year's almost over, right? So hopefully, yeah, that's <laughs> maybe 2020, you can be comfortable again. I don't know. I'm just saying. Kara's like, you'll die one day. No, <laughs> not what I meant. But good for you. Way to go. Even though it's super hard. I think we talked about this on a different episode when you mentioned a class that you were taking and you can tell I'm growing and it feels good, even though it also feels way out of your comfort zone. So yeah. kudos to you for doing it. 
I keep like redefining what I feel like the boss level is getting sick of growing at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Oh, I know that feeling. Tap out. Yeah. Totally. I don't want this anymore. I understand the idea of being kind of over it because it's so true. It's so stretching and yeah. it's uncomfortable and all of those things. Yeah. It's like a yoga class where you've been there an hour and you're like a hot yoga class and yes. you're still sweating and still stretching. You're like, okay, I'm done now. Like I've stretched enough. Yeah. Can we go? I you think know. growth is one of those things where it's the most enjoyable after it's over. Yes. Because you can look back on it and you can appreciate where you came yeah. from or what you yeah, learned sure. along the way. Yeah. But when you're in the middle of it, it usually doesn't it's feel much good. less enjoying. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of like working out. Yeah. Like yeah. yoga class or going for a bike yeah. ride or whatever. It's hard in the moment. You just want to stop because yeah. you're tired and worn out and yeah. you're breathing hard. After you're done, there's kind of this like moment of kind of exhilaration where you look back and go like, oh, I accomplished right. stuff. For sure. Yeah. Right? And so I think like trying to keep the end in mind, I guess, yeah. is something that's helpful during those growth mm-hmm. seasons of going like, hey, I'm going to look back on this period of my life at some point and go, wow, that was a really good year for me in terms of like what I learned and who yeah. I became and all of that stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily change the hardness of it when you're in the middle of it. I stumbled across this big motivation thing. It's from the Get Motivated subreddit, which I've basically lived in for a while now. It was basically acknowledging there are three different yous. There's the past you, present you, and future you. Mm. And you need to be all of those yous' best friend where you forgive Uh. the past you, you take care of the current you, and you do favors for the future you. So I'm viewing (laughs) this season of growth as kind of like a favor to future Isaac. He'll really enjoy what I'm doing right now. So I'll do this for him, basically. Does that make sense? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's been helping me. Good perspective. It's time for Search History, where we baffle each other with our internet searches. (laughs) This week's fun search for you guys to guess at is Fibroblast side effects. What? Fibroblast? (laughs) Fibroblast side effects. Fibroblast. I'm picturing like a bread-based energy drink. Wow. Bread-based energy drink. (laughs) So like it's a a, beer? A wheat and yeast-based energy drink where it's like fiber bro, like blast. Fibro. Picture this commercial, all right? Okay. A guy on a dirt bike rides in and like power slides into a guitar solo. Yes, I'm following. All of the people are like, where does he get his energy from <laughs> and he pulls out and he says fibro blast <laughs> followed by dinosaurs and explosions right, in the background. some fireworks wow. in the background more he guitar solos like, somehow like out of his pocket even though he's been riding yeah. like yes of course a dirt he does. bike and yes. then holds it up with the label perfectly oriented towards the camera <laughs> with like the perfect water sweat beads on right. the can uh, where yeah, like yes. it's fibro blast fibro blast cracks it open that's amazing chugs the whole thing yeah and then rides off into the sunset that's quite a picture and this yeah. is a product that appeals to Kara for some reason <laughs> Well, Kara's concerned Kara's- about the side effects of it. <laughs> oh, right. that's true. So, maybe, maybe Cody's the one that's there drinking you go. it. And she's like, what are the side I effects to, of this fibroblast thing? Cody's on his more. fifth can of the broblast. <laughs> she's like, I'm worried. I need to find out Down more some about fibroblast. this. There's a Tyrannosaurus okay. Rex in our yard. <laughs> Why? So what are the side effects to fibroblast, Isaac? Oh, so... <laughs> You know how at the end of those commercials, there's always yeah. the voice that like yeah. comes in for like 20 seconds of the 30 yeah. second commercial. And exactly. it's like, side effects yeah. may include. Excessive beard growth. <laughs> oh, Strong <no>. ankles. <laughs> firm grip. Just firm grip. They right, don't specify yeah. what firm grip is. 
and uh, Superman stunts. Oh, wow. Those seem like good side effects. Yeah, <laughs> side effects can be good. Generally. That's true. Until <laughs> you have to shake hands with a guy. I really like this idea, it's a good, actually. It it's doesn't a sound theory. very good, though. Yeah. The, the drink, as you've described. Very tasty. Yeah. yeah. Sacrifices mm. have to be made for greatness. <laughs> And for dinosaurs. And for the bro blast. <laughs> it seems like it would taste like non-alcoholic beer mixed yeah. with an energy drink. That sounds rough. To you. <laughs> you, would, you would drink this? You geek. Yeah. <laughs> Cracks up in two bro blasts. That All is right. a really great theory. I like that. That's yeah. way more exciting than what it actually is. That Any is other, a good theory. other guesses? All right. If we got to take it some other completely different direction. To me, fibroblast <laughs> sounds like... One of those weird fad diet schemes or something that you might see an infomercial on at like three mm-hmm. in the morning. Yes. Kind of yes. There's like a gal and a guy. She's wearing like a sports bra and like yoga <laughs> pants and he doesn't have a shirt on. Yeah. And they're like in a gym and they're talking about this new great diet supplement, Fibroblast. Oh. Yeah. It'll totally change your life and take pounds off your stomach. Results guaranteed in just four weeks. Yeah. Wow. You're going to look trim and toned. The before and afters are like clearly not the same person. Right, exactly. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Again, Kara's watching this going like, yeah. Yeah. side effects to this. Looks a little know. sketchy. I think the thing that we're both agreeing on though is Fibroblast definitely sounds like a marketing mm. yeah. word. It, it sounds like a product Here's your blast o fiber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A really aggressive bread Get brand. Yourself yeah. Fibroblast bread. That's it's like the Gen uh... Z bread. That's what they're all eating. That's what all the Zoomers are eating these days. That's right. Okay. So here's what it actually is. Let us know. It is an anti-aging treatment oh. in which the skin get ready this is gonna get a little uh, weird the skin is cauterized via electrosurgery. Uh, what wow yeah it's a widely used surgical technology that uses high frequency electric current passing through tissue just the like surface layer yes the skin is lightly burned and the result no. is firmer lifted skin okay somehow the answer to this is actually gnarlier yeah energy bread drink i knew you guys were gonna be kind of surprised that's this. like oh, it's, no, that's it's wild so... it's it's like an alternative. Oh, look it up, Google it. Just, no! <laughs> Turn it off. Don't do no, it. No, 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 no. Look away. So you basically zap your skin with electricity. No, you don't. A professional does. Well, okay. But it, Noted. it creates these. Somebody zaps your skin. Somebody with zaps your skin. And it makes your skin better. It makes, don't even turn that <laughs> computer screen towards me. I don't want to see any of that. Yeah, it makes tiny little holes in the top layer of your no. skin. See, just because I was smarter than you, yeah. Isaac, and you didn't <laughs> Google image search I this, doesn't look mean away that now. I want to be subjected but, to whatever the heck so you're it, looking at. So it's supposedly a safer alternative to facelifts and cosmetic surgery. Once you do this, the skin will tighten. It it like somehow stimulate, <laughs> stimulates collagen in your skin. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm not going to Nacho Libre this and say I don't believe in science, but we do these new things and then like <laughs> five years later I there's know. some fly-by-night lawyer trying to do a class action lawsuit against everyone who got this turns treatment. out everyone who electrified their face turned into an x-man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm worried call our law true. firm now it's to true. join our class action suit yeah like, so yeah. you're probably dead on for googling the side effects of this i know Early, are there seems... side effects you found in your search it's not 
really very clear when you when you do google it okay because all the face zapping industry is trying to keep it on the down low. Big, I know. big zap big what, electric what could go wrong yeah. <laughs> most of the things that you read they're like it's safe it's safe it's safe there's uh-huh. one article from canada which i love and they say that they don't do it there the because Canadians are onto this yeah, god bless them the normal side effects can include pain swelling of the treated area redness sagging skin hyperpigmentation ultraviolet sensitivity skin peeling if used improperly these devices can have additional risks electrocution skin puncture with a needle tip excessive skin burns burns to the eye burn complication anyway yeah here's the funny thing i was literally at the salon yesterday getting my hair cut and my hairdresser's like telling me all about this and she's done it she's like it's cool like the burns go away in a couple of days and she <laughs> the burns go away in a couple of days and then you have this Is beautiful that, youthful actual skin thing she uttered something like that yeah i'm i'm literally speechless i know I know. Okay, nothing I, on this. Look, Isaac and I are clearly <laughs> shook. Is this something you're thinking about? Doing? Here's the horrifying thing. As a woman, I feel so much pressure to get rid of my crow's feet. As a 32-year-old woman, I'm like, oh, these are so bad. Oh. And so she's telling me about this, and I'm like, maybe I should consider it. I don't know. Maybe not. And then I'm like, it's freaky. Why would I do that? Surely it's like going to cause cancer oh. or something. And then I'm like, I have super sensitive skin. I like flinch when they do the waxing on my lip. Like, I can't even handle that. So I'm like, what am I thinking? But I was considering enough yesterday to Google the side effects. And then I just saw a picture, too. And I was like, ooh, oh, ooh. it oohs me out. OK, a bit too, so. I hate to go serious with this. Go serious. But I'm going to ask a question okay. just because I'm curious about it. Specifically, the perspective on all of this as a woman. Do you think there's something to the fact that as guys, we don't feel this like societal pressure to do this kind of stuff? Like it's easier for us to dismiss as ridiculous. Whereas for a woman, it's like the pressure to look yeah. a certain way is real. And yeah. therefore, we're willing to consider just about anything even zapping our face with electricity. Right. Because oh, man. you got to do what you got to do kind of thing. It's like, true. Like maybe it's easier for Isaac and I to sit here and go, that's, that's stupid yeah. and ridiculous. Yeah. And no one should ever that's do true. that. Yeah. Because we're not feeling the pressure to yeah. right. get and my, those kind of results. Exactly. Because my hairdresser's like, look what she did. She like lifted this eyebrow and it was all saggy and she did this and I bet she could fix that on you. And yeah, like Isaac and I like are just literally <laughs> you can see our face when yeah, you say like eyebrow saggy. Like yeah. that's a bewildering statement. To I me. know. And like, it was I've to me too. Of my like, eyebrows have always sagged. <laughs> There's never been a good moment. And it's so sad because it's like normal yeah. and we've totally denormalized it. And so now I feel self-conscious and awful about this slight wrinkle in between my eyebrows that is like a thing that happens when you grow older. But I'm like overwhelmed by it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get ugly and old and saggy <laughs> and I should mm. actively try to like right, you need to prevent do that to prevent it so that I'm still attractive. Somebody tells me like it's this easy thing and it only takes us long and it right. heels fast and it lasts. Yeah. And then you kind of go, oh, well, right. but I don't want to be that person who cares. But if I'm honest, I care more than I wish I did. Well, I think everyone cares. It's not everyone cares to a degree. The fact that we expect this of women again, the freaking patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) It's stupid. That's so sad. All we need to do is fibroblast the patriarchy. That's right. (laughs) Now 
it is time for Tier List, where we pick a category and rank a bunch of stuff. I'm going in a completely different direction for my Tier List today. We've done drinks, we've done candies, uh-huh. we've done candles, which I tried to turn into something edible. We're going <laughs> as far away from the edible stuff as we can this time. Okay. Can't even pretend that it's edible. I have a question for you guys. Did you guys ever at some point in your childhood go through a phase where you invented your own country? Yes. Yes. Y'all are way more sophisticated you never than did me. That? I made up stories, but I never made up like a culture to go with them. You never made up. No. A, okay. Oh, like a real? fake world no. or a country Just or anything like, like that. No. But I was like maybe fourth or fifth grade, somewhere in there. Yeah. I'm like sitting in class and bored. And yeah. so I start doodling. And the thing that I was doodling at the time was like maps. I was oh. into like Lord of the Rings and Narnia yeah. and these like oh, yeah. fantasy places. And sure. so I would come up with my own world map and that create my sense. own countries in it. And then one thing that I eventually got to was I have countries each of the countries need a flag. Ah. So I start designing flags for the different <laughs> oh countries. Oh my goodness. And I actually kind of got into flags as I love this so this much. So awesome. I'm a graphic designer. So here's what we're yeah. ranking That's cool. on today's tier list. We're ranking flags. We're going in <laughs> on world flags. Some flags are really cool. Some flags are not as cool. We have yeah. the uh, 2020 Summer Olympics coming up. And one of the really cool things at the Olympics is watching the Parade of Nations and all the mm. nations come in with their flags and their uniforms and stuff yeah. that yes. go with their country colors and all of that. And some of them are better than others. <laughs> so we're going to rank them. Anson is a flag snob. On the tier list. I am a flag snob. Okay. <laughs> so let's go in on it. All right. I'm starting with the D tier. These are flags that are just objectively bad. All right. <laughs> we're going to start with Indonesia and Poland. Indonesia is a red bar that takes up the top half of the flag over a white bar. Yeah. <laughs> On the bottom half of the flag. Poland is the opposite. They've got white Ah. on top and red on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. 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 Two bar design. Pretty boring. Uninteresting colors. Yeah. And you can barely even tell who is who. Like everyone always messes up which one's Indonesia and which one's Poland. That makes sense. Because they're the reverse of each other. (laughs) There's no character to them at all. Yeah. Another one that I would put in the D tier is the former British colony flags. Uh, so these are, okay. the, these are flags like Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, Tuvalu. There's lots more that all have the Union Jack up in the corner. Oh, right. And okay. this is because they were a British colony. So now they've got the Union Jack in the corner. Yeah. And some of them look really terrible because you've got like the red, white and blue yeah. Union Jack in the corner. And then they've got like some other random color, yeah. like teal or something oh. for the rest of the flag. And it clashes, doesn't go well <laughs> together at all. Like Tuvalu's flag looks horrible. That's funny. And a lot of these flags, they don't really go with the national colors oh. of like that country either. Yeah. Like like Australia at the Olympics, you always see them wearing like yellow and green, right? Yeah. yeah. But they don't have any yellow and green in their flag. It's blue oh, with funny. stars and the Union Jack. Mm-hmm. Or New Zealand. New Zealand has a great uniform for like all their international national stuff yep. they've got like the all blacks oh. with like the silver fern on it yeah that's cool they've actually went through like this process a couple of years ago of potentially like voting to replace their flag with that yeah. and they ended up voting it down and i have no idea why because that would instantly go from like d tier to like s tier oh. yeah if they had the black flag with the silver fern yeah but as it is they still all have the union jacks in the corner Oh, You're no man. longer British colonies. Throw off British rule. <laughs> Throw out that Union Jack. Right on. Right Come on. up with your own flag. One other one that's in the D tier. And by the way, I'm not going to go through every flag uh, that exists. 
you're welcome because there's, there's like a lot. how many countries he's in now the world. put his world atlas away yeah that would, that would be bad so i'm just picking like three for each tier okay yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. other one in the d tier i would go with haiti you've got the two bar design again this time it's blue and red and then someone basically pulls out a clip art <laughs> oh, crest like a JPEG and just like pastes it in the middle of the flag <laughs> it's like someone didn't know what a png was oh and a transparent background and so they just pasted the crest in the middle with yeah. a white background yeah. just like slapped there in the middle of the flag really yeah. small so you can't actually even really see what it is unless you zoom in on it super close oh dear it yeah. just looks really bad it's it's not a good flag design at all <laughs> it does have cannons on it though which should add some extra flair to it all right maybe a little but maybe. still in the d tier for me <laughs> all right here's here's some c tier flags okay these are just meh flags they're not offensive per se but offensive but they're not great they're kind of boring all right china would be one china's got the red flag five yellow stars up in the left corner uh-huh not that interesting another one that i would put in the c tier the meh tier is the netherlands again they have such potential for a cool flag <laughs> and it's wasted on their boring blue white red yeah. stripes their whole thing is the color orange oh and yeah yeah like that's like their statement thing is like neon orange forgot that was a thing and they could have such a cool flag using neon orange and instead they have this boring blue white red stripes not very exciting <laughs> all right i had to put one like flag hot take in here. I'm going to hard disagree with you on this one if you're going with... Alright, I'm going uh, South Africa. No, you're wrong. International <laughs> flag. A lot of people think South Africa has a great flag. The design is cool, the geometric design of it, but it's the colors that mess it up for me. Mm. They've got six different colors in one flag. They've got black, yellow, green, white, red, blue. Yeah, That's a lot of colors in one flag. It's basically like they came up with this cool design with like the kind of it's got like a Y. And the, yeah, the Y on it, the sideways Y. And then they're like, all right, what color should it be? And they're like, uh, all of them. You see the two different personality types that were probably in this meeting. <laughs> all right. B tier. These are above average flags. All right. Above average. They're unique. They're interesting. They're not the best flags in the world, but they're cool. All right. Brazil goes in this category. You've got a cool color scheme. You've got green, yellow, and then you got like the dark blue with the globe in the middle. Yeah. These make for some great soccer uniform designs. Yeah, they're true. Cool, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And definitely unique in terms of the appearance of the flag. You got like the diamond kind of shape in the middle and the globe in the middle. I'm actually going to put the United States in this category as oh, well. Wow. Now, here's the thing. Like a lot of people like to hate on the U.S. flag, but I think it has more to do with hating on the U.S. than the U.S. flag. Yeah. It's kind of like... In baseball, like a lot of people love to hate on the Yankees. People don't like to root for the favorite. You're like an underdog, mm, right? Yeah. And the United States is kind of that like big bully on the world stage, like thinks pretty highly of we're, themselves. We're, we're, we're the U.S. <laughs> so yeah, everyone gets that, right? A lot of people are kind of like, eh. But the flag itself is actually pretty cool. Like it's, it's pretty unique. I feel like it's not the best design in the world because it gets a little busy. There's it a is, lot going on. It is pretty busy. But there's some really cool elements. Like the stripes are a really great motif for like uniform designs again. The other one that goes <laughs> in there that again is kind of like evil empire is <laughs> Great Britain, right? <laughs> Even kind of literally in the past. But the Union Jack is iconic. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not perfect, though. If you actually like start <laughs> to dive into it from like a graphic design perspective, it gets a little weird the way the stripes are oriented and how yeah. they cut off and kind mm. of the weird imbalance it actually creates. Yeah. When you start to look at it closely, it's actually kind of weird. Uh, and so that, that's what keeps it in the B tier as opposed to going higher. Like 
a flag that has a similar design, but different colors. Jamaica. I'm going to put Jamaica in the A tier. Jamaica has a great flag. You've got great colors, black, yellow, and green. Feels uh-huh. tropical, feels Jamaica. Yeah. And then a great geometric design too. You got the X in the middle with different colors in each quadrant, but it doesn't quite go as crazy as like South Africa. <laughs> Jamaica has a cool flag. Come Limited on vision. <laughs> I'm also going to put Japan in this category. Japan has one of the simplest flags in the world. You've got a red dot on the white background. But most flags have straight lines. There's not as many circles in flag design. So I think that makes Japan a little more unique. And it's just bold, right? They're like, hey, we're just going to take a red circle and throw it on a white background (laughs) and call it a day. There's our flag. But it works. And it's got symbolism, too, like land of the rising sun. Okay. so the the flag actually represents something as well. So I I dig Japan's flag. It's pretty cool. (laughs) And then I'm going with Sweden. The Scandinavians all have the same type of flag. They got like the Scandinavian cross on it, Uh which is a cool design. And so I'm picking out Sweden as kind of my favorite of the Scandinavian crosses. Just because I like the blue and yellow. I'm not sure what it is about blue and yellow, but I like that pairing together. Yeah. So then that brings me to the S tier. So these are my favorite flags. These are the ones that I like the most. Here we go. All right. Number three is Estonia. Estonia. Estonia has the classic three bar design that a lot of European countries have. Yeah. But Estonia has just a great color scheme for theirs. Uh, okay. So, so this is about color then. Blue, black, and white. For this one, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Blue, black, and white. It works really well. It's very unique among flags. Like there's not a lot of blue and black flags. Number two, I'm going with Albania. Well, Albania has a red flag with a double-headed demon shadow eagle on it. It looks very like Middle Ages. It it looks very like medieval. Is it not like the coolest looking flag? (laughs) You could put this on Game of Thrones and I'd be like, yeah, it's a Yeah, it's basically like if you took like the villainous evil empire country from some sort of fictional movie. Yeah, it's very... That would be Albania. It sounds hardcore and they have a hardcore looking flag. (laughs) Albania is hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. And then number one, I'm going with the Bahamas. You are a hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) The three bar design. I guess. We're roasting all these other countries. The Netherlands was the only one that I threw in there for the three bar thing because they had boring colors. First of all, it's not just a three bar design. (laughs) We've got the triangle there in the corner, like your precious South Africa. That's true. But unlike South Africa, they have a cohesive color scheme going on here. Uh, They've got black mixed with the like Bahamas colors, bright blue, bright yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Super tropical, super fun. Makes me want to visit the Bahamas. (laughs) But then like the contrast of the black with it. It's a great flag design. <laughs> well, so good. What would be your guys' like favorite flag if you had to choose one? Mm. I'm going to say Mozambique because the energy behind putting oh. just a straight up AK-47 <laughs> on your flag. You're here for that. That's huh? pretty hard. Like that's that's pretty hard, man. That's uh yeah, that's a unique one. Like, you know what? Sticking a gun on your flag. Triangle. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Triangle. Just Good. I'm just going to go for it. I just pulled up an image of world flags and now I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to your little thing. You don't here. have one like that you've I seen don't... during the Olympics or anything where like, oh, that one's a pretty flag. Like, I mean, because let's be I... real, like my tier list, that's basically the criteria is like Anson thinks that's a pretty and flag. Anson thinks that's a pretty flag. There's some rad flag designs. I dig see, this. See I dig a little. I dig the Saudi Arabia flag, not so much for the motto, but for the like Arabic script on it with like the sword under it. Okay. So 
green background. Basically, Isaac's criteria for cool flag is: does it have a weapon? On I'm it? just saying, like <laughs> that's some rad energy. Like if there's a sword or a gun. Isaac's like look, in on it. if you're going into like UN peace talks with another country <laughs> and you pull up and your flag has a weapon on it, you run the meeting. I actually do like Saudi Arabia's flag too. Ecuador's flag is kind of cool. Yeah, Ecuador's flag. Ecuador, Ecuador? Yeah, yeah, I can dig Ecuador. It's kind of right. it's got some different colors and then a little crest thing in the middle that's not a clip art crest. I was about to say the crest is a JPEG to death. See, crests yeah. aren't necessarily bad. You just gotta yeah. do it right. You just gotta, you gotta do, do it right. Well. You can't you can't <laughs> clip art it, Haiti. That's right. So it's time to now dive into the topic at hand, Mr. Kanye West <laughs> and his most recent album, Jesus is King. So I'd probably be really happy and proud that he is the topic at yes, hand. Yes, I think that that's been his goals this whole time. <laughs> the topic at hand. Mission accomplished. Yes. Before we dive into like the real nitty gritty of mm-hmm. his conversion, I kind of want to look at the product itself. Jesus is King as an album. Mm. I'm coming from the place of a super fan. I've listened to Kanye for about like 10 or 11 years now it's interesting i think we have several different views represented here i mean you have listened to kanye for a long time self-described super fan you just said yes i am very familiar with kanye i've listened to most of his stuff at some point or another i wouldn't say i'm a super fan of him in particular yeah but i'm very familiar and i am totally an outsider (laughs) to this whole (laughs) jam like i knew that it was happening in the background but I think I only knew because Anson was listening to it in the studio the other day that this was a thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, OK, that's interesting. I feel very out of the loop in this whole thing. But I listened to it. A couple of the songs I've listened to a few times. So yeah. I am very, very, very new to this whole yeah. thing. I'm a little bit clueless. Which is definitely a portion of the people that are probably yeah. confronting the Kanye yeah. West phenomenon at the moment. That's True. where they're coming from. Is yeah. that sure. Who is this guy? I know maybe he like said mean things about Taylor Swift one yeah. time. Yeah. But other than that. My, I don't really know what his deal is or what his music yeah, is. Yeah, here's my perspective. Here's how I know about Kanye West is Ben Rector talks about him in one of his songs. So <laughs> okay. that's, that's me. <laughs> the most roundabout way. I love it. I Significantly well less known musical artist mentioned the uh-huh. superstar in, <laughs> exactly. in a song. Yeah, so exactly. That love works. <laughs> so do we want to kind of move down through the track list and kind of just give our hot yeah. takes really yeah. quick? Right. Let's talk Jesus is King. Yeah, so the album starts off with Every Hour that's featuring the Sunday Service Choir. This is Kanye's proto-church thing that Mm -hmm. he does. I think it's a cool start to the album. This is another album that he starts off with kind of a gospel track like Life of Pablo kicked off with Ultralight Beam. So the choir sounds good. Yeah, they're great. The one thing I know it's cool to like act like we just came in in the middle of the song and then cut (laughs) it off in the middle Mm -hmm. of the song because I guess that's Kanye-ish or something. But (laughs) I don't love it. I wish this was like a complete track. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Or are you like, no, I, I kind of like the, it's artistic Anson. Like, I mean, I get, I understand, I think why he's doing it. It's kind of that desire of like leaving you wanting a little bit more of it. Yeah. As someone who really likes the music that he makes, it frustrates me because it's the <laughs> same problem with kids sees ghost. His last album where, things just feel too short and you're yeah. like I, I, I want more of that why are you cutting that off now and like, i'm not opposed mm. to like a two minute song necessarily yeah. i like the track but i, I kind of wish we got the whole thing yeah how do we feel about selah selah's cool yeah i yeah. think it's a i think it's a cool you like selah it's got some energy to it this is probably my favorite track off of the album mm, it, yeah. it feels very kanye to me there's a few on there that feel like they're pulled off of another kanye album just the way that it hits and yeah. the subject matter I got emotional hearing this one for the first time, just seeing 
the Kanye life arc. And then now hearing him say this just kind of blew me away. On my first listen to the album, when he starts like citing Bible verses in the middle of the (laughs) song, I got to say like that kind of got my attention. Yeah. I'm kind of like listening to it in the background as I'm working. And then all of a sudden he's like, John, I don't remember. John which. eight three. You're like, like what? And you're kind of like, what just yeah. happened there? That like, okay, we, we cite in our sources now. Yeah. Next on the list is "Follow God." This is another mm-hmm. like kind of sub two minute song at one forty five. This is the one that's been at the top of the list of every yeah, it's like the streaming number one platform. streaming song yeah. after it came out. Mm-hmm. I like this one. I yeah. listened to this one a couple of times, and uh, I feel like I'm a little slow sometimes when it comes to these songs. Like I have to literally pull up the lyrics and read yeah. them a yeah. few times to understand what's going on. But it's an interesting song to me that portrays well the struggle of the Christian life, which is I think what he's getting at. But in the background throughout the song, there's this echo of stretch my hands to you. Yeah. It's kind of a cool vibe lyrically and musically. Can I tell you some good news? Yes. If you like follow God, you might just be a Kanye West fan. Like, oh. I was going to say, you yeah. said that Selah sounded like a Kanye song. I feel like you could say the same thing, maybe even more so about yeah. follow God. Well, there like, you yeah. go. It's one of the most Kanye ish sounding songs. Yeah. Even the atro where he literally just screams out. At the end of it, like just, it all is very it's on brand. Kind of Kanye thing as well. Interesting. Yeah. So the much debated track that I know we all have a take on uh-huh. closed on Sunday, which uh-huh. I will say I've convinced myself that I like it. <laughs> I think it comes in a little bit longer than it should be. The song is at two minutes, 32 seconds. And oh, if wow. I could pull 30 seconds or more off of that and plop it onto follow God and make it <laughs> the two minutes long yeah. I would. Closed on Sunday, you might Chick-fil-A. Go. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, no? I think it's cheesy. The juxtaposition of the overly dramatic music it's very with sweet. the exceedingly juvenile sounding lyrics. Yeah. It sounds like a song that my seven-year-old would make up yeah. impromptu. Yeah. People want to talk about Kanye's genius. I don't see it here, honestly. Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. Hold the cell put the gram away to be honest when you first played it for me i thought maybe it was a parody song <laughs> yes, like, like, i thought it was a it, oh it's another it funny sounds like a parody song that's what i thought it was to me. and then yeah. no it's a serious song. here's the thing i will say i think that there actually is some meaning that he's trying to yeah. inject into this song and i kind of picked up on that after watching some interviews of kanye yeah this is just my interpretation of the song and i could be wrong this is a song about his family he's saying that my family is going to be closed on sunday in other words, we're going to rely on God yeah. for our strength and our provision. Yeah. You're my Chick-fil-A, as in you're the thing that I love. Yeah. We're closed on Sunday. In other words, we're not opening ourselves up to the right. world. We're focusing on God. We're making God a priority. He talks a little bit later about when you got daughters, you have to keep them safe. Watch out for vipers. He's talking about protecting his family, raising yeah. sons, training them in the faith. That's what I think the song is about. Some people think that it's literally a song about him liking lemonade and chicken sandwiches yeah. <laughs> and i i think that's selling it a little short yeah all that said even with that meaning behind it i still think it falls kind of flat yeah i think it just seriously people listen to it and think is this song a joke that's a serious question people are asking yeah. right when he screeches chick-fil-a at the end yeah, of the song it takes you on a weird roller coaster and you it do does. have to wrestle with it the genius page for the lyrics on this it looks like a full scholastic study <laughs> um, people are trying to figure it yeah, out yeah i do agree that the juxtaposition because kind of the goofy line and the the beat is a little weird i do like the idea that it's caused us to wrestle with it which is why i think i like it so on god another one that's less than like three minutes barely a two-minute song mm-hmm. i flip in love this song it's so good yeah 
Yeah. So this is the one that we're actually playing on Real FM right mm-hmm. now. Part of the reason for that is just sonically the song fits mm-hmm. like Real FM sound really well. Yeah, it yeah. is a good and sound. And it is cool. The beat that he's constructed, kind of yeah. the like lo-fi kind of sound a yeah. little bit. I love in the background. I think it's really cool. I like 90% of this song. I feel but, like I know what you have a problem with. But then you get to the end. <laughs> yep, and yep. I don't love the end to this song. Yep. I feel like he kind of reverts into like... Old Kanye. Old Kanye a little yeah. bit. Where he starts playing the victim card a little bit about the IRS <laughs> taking his money. And that's why I have to charge the prices that I charge. Yeah. Like, and I'm going like to provide for your I family. I cannot let my family starve. He right. literally says... Your family's going to starve if you don't sell $200 pairs of shoes. Yeah. Is that is that the argument you're trying to make? He even mentions off the 350s he supplied. He's referencing the shoes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. To say that God blessed you via your sneaker success is a little weird. Uh, and, and then to even go as far as to say my family wouldn't be provided for without them. Right. Like, like, look, I don't fault the man. He has a successful shoe business. Great. But like you're Kanye West. You're married to Kim Kardashian. You're doing your you're children doing right. aren't starving. Yeah. Like they're, that's the least of your concerns. And I think a lot of people are going to listen to mm-hmm. those lyrics and be kind of insulted by yeah. them. Which is funny because the next song is called Everything We Need. Which when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, this cool concept seems like a song about contentment. Right. But I'm really confused when I read the lyrics. I'm not actually sure if it is. So what's your guys take on this? I have a weird take on everything we need. I think it's one of the songs off of the album that it's probably my least favorite. I think Mm -hmm. we could have done without it. And if you tell me that Kanye did a song with Ty Dolla Sign on an album and it would probably my least favorite track, I would be bewildered (laughs) until I heard this. And I just think that it kind of is another one where it kind of seems like he's setting his place as like the victim and kind of like settling grudges where he's like all these people mad at dude like (laughs) it's just not a strong song i kind of feel like everything we need and water is the next song are two of the weaker songs on Mm -hmm. the album i feel like there's kind of this little dip dip in the middle of the album there's some Mm -hmm. really great songs at the beginning with selah and follow god and then we kind of dip down to everything we need and water kind of yeah. in the middle before mm-hmm. we kind of have a rising action at the end of the album and things get a little better again. I did so, notice that that's where I do skip. Yeah. If I'm listening to I'm like my third or fourth listen, I kind of found myself like, OK, I got everything I need water. Yeah. God is like, yeah. that's kind of what I jumped. OK, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do feel kind of the same way about water. I didn't I didn't love that song either. I don't love water either. But I will say when I listen through it, the one part of water that I actually do like is the second verse. Where he basically just goes through and says, Jesus, all these things like Jesus flow through us. Jesus, heal the bruises. Jesus, clean the music. Jesus, please Mm. use us. And I actually like that chorus because it feels like I have days where that feels like just about all I can do is just be like, Jesus, please help. You know, there's something about that that's kind of wholesome of like a new believer just being like, help. There's this really cool overlapping theme of being cleaned. There's this verse on the album where he mentions like the world wanted Yandi and Jesus Christ did the laundry. And then in this one, he says, take the chlorine out of our conversation. Like, yes, I like that. This whole theme of cleansing and transformation just keeps getting pushed through. And I love that because Mm -hmm. I think that's where he's at right now in this stage of his Christianity is acknowledging Mm -hmm. how he's been cleaned and changed, but still needs that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think that the lyrics on this song are pretty powerful and good. Mm -hmm. It's not a (laughs) musically. I think those two songs are the weakest. For sure. sure. God is, I want to say it's second to being the longest song 
on the album right after Use This Gospel. And Use This has it by like 10 seconds. And you like this song a lot, don't you? I, I feel like God Is is one of your favorites. Yeah, I really, really like God Is. What do you is. like about it? I think that I love this song so much because it does have that kind of choir element to it. Again, it kind of borrows mm. from the intro of the album where it's got that Sunday service Very choir. gospel yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gospel vibe to it. I just think that it's him bragging on God and talking about what God is capable of doing. To hear Kanye West say, you won't ever be the same when you call on Jesus name. Listen to the words I'm saying, Jesus save me. Now I'm sane. That line of lyrics is where I just got like punched in the chest, cutting mm. onions like, oh my gosh, that just <laughs> sounded so good to me. It's very simple. The outro is that's what God is. It sounds like a new believer jumping up and saying, look what I found. Yeah. I think some of the weakest parts of the album are when Kanye turns the attention back to himself Mm. and kind of plays victim. This song is kind of the antithesis to that. Like this is one of the most Jesus focused songs on the album. Yeah. He kind of gets outside of himself and really just like, it's a very worshipful song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's a worship song. It's kind of mind blowing. Again, Mm. if you've listened to Kanye, that there's a worship song on a Kanye album. I think that if you are questioning or if you're just trying to get an indication of whether or not this is like an organic real thing i don't know how you write or perform this the way that it's been done and it not Mm. come from at least some real part of you one interesting thing i want to touch on while we're on this song is the fact that literally no explicit tags on this entire album which (laughs) if you know anything about kanye (laughs) that's a pretty incredible thing because most of his albums have an explicit tag on every song there is one word in this song damn is mentioned in this song It's not enough to earn an explicit tag because that's not a word that's even Mm. bleeped out on the radio anymore. Mm -hmm. But from what I've read, and I haven't gone back and listened to this to know if they've actually changed it on Spotify, but I read something yesterday that said this song has been updated. And that line has been changed to this ain't about a dead religion. Huh. Interesting. I haven't gone back to listen to see if like on streaming services, if that's actually been changed yet, if you released like a new version of it or what, if that's true, I think that's very interesting that he went back and even replaced that word. Yeah. And there were some leaked versions of some of the songs that apparently came out several weeks ago that had explicit words in some of the songs and all of those have disappeared by the time he released the album. I'd love to hear someone ask him about that yeah and because i'd love to get his take on why he decided to remove those words why that's important to him what he thinks of mm-hmm. kind of the explicit nature of his past works because i think that'd be really interesting so anson you mentioned that kanye is kind of at his best when he's not playing the victim card we're coming into hands-on which <laughs> is a challenging track for me i think that it kind of convicted me a little bit but mm. I can also see how it does kind of get that Kanye's griping about how Kanye's been treated. That's true. Mm. Although I will say one thing that's really interesting is as I've read reviews and seen people talk about the album, Christians and non-Christians feel very differently about Mm. this song from most of the like non-Christian reviewers I've seen. I think most of them feel exactly that way about this song that he's playing the victim. He's doing what Kanye has been guilty of doing a lot in the past, Mm -hmm. which is saying everybody hates me and I don't understand why Yeah, <laughs> all the while being really polarizing. Yeah. Whereas I think most Christians, interestingly, even though this song is basically saying Christians judge me, yeah. I think most Christians that I've read have listened to the song or read the song's lyrics and gone, wow, he's right. Yeah. And kind of been convicted by it. Yeah. yeah and, that's true. and I think there's some truth to it. I think that perspective is what changes how you interpret the song, whether yeah. you believe there's truth to it or not. Yeah. Mm. If you think Christians sometimes are kind of judgmental, then you're kind of going, yeah, Kanye's kind of got a point here. 
Yeah. Or I think if you're more just coming at it from I'm a Kanye fan and I know sometimes he gets into this place where he likes to be a victim, oh, you know, that then makes you're sense. just kind of like, eh, it's another victim Kanye right. song. So I think that mm-hmm. changes kind of how the song is interpreted, depending on which audience you are. Yeah, for sure. Hands on transitions into a track where I swear, again, this is one of those collabs where if you said Kanye clips and our boy Kenny G. <laughs> On the same track. I would say stop it. You're on drugs. That's never going to happen. And it happened. But dang. I really like this song. I listened to this one a couple of times. Musically, it's very catchy. Even the Kenny G part. I'm like, wow, that's nice. And I don't really like that. Very soothing. I know. (laughs) It's it's a good song. I kind of like it. This is my favorite song on the album. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love the synth vocals. Mm. Uh, I think those are really fun. I like the push a T yeah. and no malice features on this song. Mm-hmm. I think their verses are great. I love that Pusha T actually kind of acknowledges his own crookedness. Yeah. Um, the danger of like the victim card that Kanye sometimes plays is that people think that like he's saying there's nothing wrong with me. And so even though it's Pusha T who is doing this verse, yeah. I think it still can apply to Kanye here. Yeah. This I'm crooked as Vegas line. And there's lines in some of his interviews and stuff where he said, I've messed up and I'm, yeah. I'm a messed up person. Yeah. There's a lot of that on this track here. Yeah. It's saying like, use this gospel to not only bless others, but to repair me. Like mm, no malice yeah. is talking about a rose growing up out of the concrete mm. because of the power of the gospel. Can I mention a pretty neat, just fun little fact about this song? Yes. Um, it's cool that Push is on this song because this is kind of one of these other tracks where he was actually featured on the song Runaway off of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And if you haven't heard Runaway, this is one of those songs where Kanye takes this second and says, I'm not a good person. Mm. Don't stay here with me. This is bad. If you're smart, you're going to run away as fast as you can. Hmm. And push has this line invisible set. The Rolex is faceless. I'm just young, rich and tasteless. It's both tracks of Kanye and push kind of acknowledging Hmm. their humanness and their brokenness. And I just thought that was so cool that he was brought back for this song as well. Both Pusha and No Malice, formerly Malice, are also people that have traveled along this redemption arc in some way in their own story. And so I feel like the three of them on this track. It's cool. It's really fitting to me. Well, this is interesting. On Lyric Genius, he's talking about Pusha T and No Malice coming together to help with this song. And he said, just five months ago, I remember saying, I ain't even going to rap. I didn't know how to rap for God. Mm. I thought that was interesting. It said, so I remember No Malice saying, you know, I'm going to write you a rap for this. I think that's very interesting that he acknowledges. It seems like there's some acknowledgement there that the way he used to rap is not the way he wants to continue. Okay, so we've discussed the product, Jesus is King, and kind of how we feel about it. There's been some reactions to the reason we have Jesus is King, which is Kanye's conversion here of Mm -hmm. Christianity. There's Mm -hmm. been a lot of his longtime fans outside of the church going, what is happening right now? Is this just a (laughs) stunt to get money or is this something real? Mm. And then there's also been some apprehension of this kind of like wait and see reaction from the Christian world. It's been something that's very strange to see happening. I'm curious, Isaac, as someone who has followed Kanye for a long time, Mm -hmm. that question that you're asking of, 
of could this all be a stunt versus yeah is this something more sincere yeah i feel like that question could be asked of almost everything kanye has done oh for sure like, <laughs> yeah most of his albums the whole taylor swift thing yeah make america great again yeah. hat stuff from kanye like i feel like people have been long asking this question about kanye like is this a stunt or is, is this who anything he really is? real at all right. <laughs> yeah and i feel like just the more that i watch him most of what he's done he's done in sincerity mm. i feel like he's just <laughs> a little off the wall sometimes yeah but i i don't feel like it's insincere yeah. that's just my personal take could be completely wrong yeah but I, I feel like good or bad do you feel that way as someone that's followed him or would you disagree with that take yeah so i wrote in my blog post about my reaction to the album and the reaction to the reaction of the album yeah <laughs> being a longtime kanye fan you're kind of like in this beautiful building perched right on a fault line that erupts like every like year right. around an album release. You're like, oh, things are so sick right now. We got this great new album. Oh, he's wearing a MAGA hat. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, he's called slavery a choice. Oh, oh, he's a Christian now. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm agree with you. I, I don't think that this guy can put his passion away in a bottle mm. to do things with real strategy of like, well, I'm going to do this so right. I can it get just this. Doesn't, he doesn't strike me as the kind of person who thinks all of that through that far. <laughs> right. Like he strikes me as the kind of person who's not thinking. It's passion. It's all term. passion yeah. and I think emotion from him, mm. which I think can be so great. It also is going to be very hard, I think, because it's be a bumpy road, right? Because that mm. passion does fade away and you kind of have to start getting into like the theology behind things. Right. Mm. Well, I think there's like two different approaches or kind of extremes that we could take in response to Kanye's mm -hmm. self-proclaimed conversion. On the one hand, we could say I'm cynical about the whole thing. It's a cash grab. It's a publicity stunt. Or we could even say maybe he thinks it's legit, but it's not going to last like right. it's another mm -hmm. Kanye episode and we'll be on to something in the next year, even if he thinks he's sincere. Yeah. All the way to the other side where we could say Kanye West, of all people, has become a Christian. Yeah. He is now like the Christian cultural icon. Yeah. We're going to anoint him as such. Yeah. And I think... Both of those different approaches have some issues. I agree. I think that when I've been watching the reaction from the last camp of people of, oh, sweet, we've got a cool one now, guys. Like, <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of in the Bible where the Israelites kept saying, like, we want a king. We want a king. And God kept going like, no, yeah. you, you, <laughs> you really, really don't really right. don't want a king. Yeah. And, then, and why did they want a king? Because they wanted to be cool like all the cool kids. They wanted this person like all That's the cool true. kids did. Right. And oh, when man. they got one, it didn't work out really well for a while. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that we have this deep desire. And I think this is just a human thing to want a person to personify what we want to be doing. We need this person to kind of like look to so badly. And, and one I, that makes us look cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if they're in Yeezys and really cool streetwear, then yeah. that's just a bonus. <laughs> a bonus. I probably lean that camp a little bit more than I even want to, mm. but I'm having to pump my brakes because the passionate side of me this is kind of like Connie, like the passionate <laughs> side of me so badly wants that. Right. Yeah. The smart brain part of me is like, well, listen, anytime we elevate someone to like a messianic figure status, yeah. we're going to be disappointed. And it's not right to expect that from them. Right. Mm. So I think that that camp, including me, should be very cautious about. Yay. New leader. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Because then the minute they let you down, you're going to be like, oh, well, forget this. It's going like, to be a hard which, fall. You know, which he will. Like, of course, he's a person. He's going to let us all down. Right. And 
exactly. he in fact may already have kind yeah. of to some degree. <laughs> he, he did uh, an interview about a week ago with James Corden and a lot of people are already kind of picking up on this thing which actually was kind of uh, the the same thread that I was picking up on from the song On God. Yeah. Uh, in this interview he basically says I was really struggling last year and I was kind of suffering mm-hmm. because I had a really bad year financially yeah. and then I came to Christ and I got like a 60 some million dollar refund from the IRS. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's proof that God is taking care of me kind of a thing. Yeah. And people are instantly going like, whoa, wait a second. Wait, wait, I feel wait, a little wait. off on the theology here. Yeah. And it's like, he's still Kanye. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that God isn't transforming him into something new, but that isn't a completely instantaneous process. Yeah. The broken part of him still exists. Yeah. yeah. It's still something that he's going to be battling. I think pride and arrogance is pretty easily identifiable as a struggle yeah. for him. Yeah. And I think those are going to continue to be a struggle for him. And we're probably going to see that manifested. Yeah. And so I agree with you, Isaac, like if we set him up as this next messianic figure, it's only feeding our that culture, negative like, side. Yeah. It's going to cause a lot of problems for him and for our Christian culture mm-hmm. uh, to set someone up like that to only have them inevitably fail. Yeah. The other side of it, I think is problematic too, though. We could sit here all day and armchair like quarter back this guy's life and say right well i want to see him prove this or that yeah. before i yes. accept his conversion as authentic like, right i think it's pretty dangerous pretty quickly yeah if you think about that in terms of just like normal people you see someone become a baby christian you don't immediately turn to them and be like all right now i need to see these five fruits in your life in the next four <laughs> weeks or your conversion wasn't authentic yeah i right. mean like the bible's clear that yes the fruit will come if it's authentic but y'all fruit takes time to grow like Mm, if you plant an apple tree one day there's not going to be apples on it the next day it takes time it's a process and i don't think it's fair for us especially if we're not like in close relationship with someone if we haven't established the credibility to constantly be fruit inspectors walking Mm, up being mm. like hey i don't see any apples on your tree i mean maybe if you're close with someone over a long period of time, you've established credibility, but this isn't the case. Like you're saying, Anson, we're just kind of armchair commentating for this guy. If the wait and see approach that's been, I'm doing air quotes on that, that's been pushed (laughs) on social media. If that is the heart behind the wait and see approach, like I can co-sign on that. Yeah. I've been kind of hesitant to adopt the wait and see attitude because that implies wait and see and then I'll do something and I don't know what exactly like you're gonna like what right. were you gonna like publicly denounce Kanye's right. conversion like wait and see what I think wait and see is a mm-hmm. long term for all of us we'll see what happens like, like see what God does <laughs> yeah yeah. And yeah I think that's a key part of it Isaac is what do we see our role as in yeah. all of this yeah like if we see our role as like well I'm gonna wait and see so that then I can proclaim a judgment <laughs> yeah like, right? right that's probably <laughs> off yeah, yeah. like if you're saying like I'm going to wait and see what God does in Kanye's mm, life. Fine. Yeah. Like, That's good. Let's do that. Like celebrate not, the fruit that does happen. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but God the, didn't give us the job of being the punisher or exactly. the judge. Like he's right, not, you said, we're you know? not the fruit inspector. Right. Um, it's not our job. And, and I think ultimately that's freeing. Whether I think Kanye's conversion was authentic or not, or I want to be cynical, like that doesn't really matter. I'm, it's immaterial. Mm, uh, that's hard to hear because that diminishes my role. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, like, eventually, God will judge Kanye and I will not. 
because God will also judge me. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so it's not my place to play that role. And so I think if, if we kind of have the proper perspective about what our role looks like yeah. in all of this, that's going to help us have a more proper response mm-hmm. to who Kanye is and what he's doing, mm-hmm. whether it's an up or a down day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there will probably be both. Now it's time for On Repeat this week, and we're going to take a quick detour from breaking down Kanye West's music <laughs> and head on over to 21 Pilots. They have our song of the week. It's The Hype. Nice I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so (laughs) on this song because I listened to this album when it first came out, The Trench, and this was one of my picks off the album that I really enjoyed. And eventually they got to it as a single and it's doing really well now, especially on the alternative charts. And I'm not surprised at all because I I really like this song. Yeah, Uh, I think it's super catchy. It's a little bit more structured than some 21 Pilots songs, but I think the hook is really strong. And I think the message of the song is strong too. The hype basically is talking about maintaining hope and optimism through times that are challenging. Yeah. Mm. And as Tyler, the lead singer for 21 pilots has talked about the song, he's talked about how he feels a lot of pressure, both Mm. internally that he puts on himself, but also externally the world around him. Mm. And he says the external pressures of the world around us is kind of what this song is talking about. Like feeling pressure from the world, the hype that the world generates about whatever message that it's trying to deliver to you mm. and kind of doing your thing and sticking to your guns and following your path yeah. in the midst of all of that outside pressure that's trying to influence you. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. I read a little bit more of exactly what you're saying this morning about it. Cause I like the song. I love most of what 21 pilots does, but reading about exactly that description makes me want to go read about all the other 21 pilot songs. Cause oh, I'm man. like totally down with this. What a cool concept to go back and talk to your grade school self and tell yourself from then. And also now don't believe the hype. I know that in the hip indie music circles, like it's not <laughs> cool to like 21 pilots. I'd love 21 pilots. Yeah. I think they're they're so, so good. They and Trent has been really good and i can remember you saying that this is going to be a jam and we talked about my boss level has just been like adjustment to change and Mm -hmm. pressure this song to me honestly like has been a super motivating force just in encouraging me and just keep your head down keep going it's gonna be be fine yeah one of the uh, lines that is my favorite from the song is in the second verse where he says it might take some friends and a warmer shirt. Oh, I like and that. I, one. I really like that line yeah. because yes. I feel like when you're walking through those times, like you've described, Isaac, those are the things that you need. Yeah, right? for like, sure. You need warmth from friends and family around you. You need encouragement. Yeah. And he says you don't get thick skin without getting burnt. He acknowledges like hurt, pain, all of that as a part of growth. Yeah. But if you surround yourself with people that are for you and not against you. Your kind will be on your side, as he says, and you'll be just fine. Yeah. This has been the big discussion on Kanye yes. on Jesus is King. 
again, we're on that earthquake building. I'm excited to see <laughs> where we go from here. Yeah. I think you have to have realistic expectations. Yeah. We've talked about, mm-hmm. right? You've said it. There's going to be some tremors along the way. For sure. Yes. And that's just part of the journey. But that's part of the journey for all of us. Correct. Absolutely. And I think if we can acknowledge that and maybe even Kanye will kind of become a proof of that or an example for that for Christians that, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? The journey along the way of sanctification is sometimes winding. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. I think that could actually be a really good thing. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Afternoons with Anson and Kara from 3 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM. Time to fibroblast. <laughs> <laughs>